Welcome to the weekly sermon podcast from First United Methodist Church of Murfreesboro. It is an honor and privilege to share this time with you. We love studying the scriptures and feel they are central to our preaching, teaching, and living of the good news of Jesus Christ, the gospel. Our mission here is to grow disciples of Jesus Christ who know him, love him, and serve him for the transformation of Murfreesboro and the world. It is our prayer that God would use our preaching and teaching to do exactly that. If you have questions, thoughts, ideas, or just want to talk a little bit more about what you've heard today, we love to hear from you. Most of all, know that you are in our prayers as we listen together. Now, let's dive in. Oh God, we thank you for the beauty of this fall day. We thank you for fall break, for the folks who have been able to go and rest and be in different places, to vacation a bit perhaps. And we pray now for the safe travel for those who are making their way home today and this afternoon. We pray for our student ministry as they've been on retreat and just are so thankful for the good news that I've already heard coming out of that retreat and pray for their safe return as well. Oh, Lord, most of all in this moment, we just ask that you would open our hearts and our minds to what you say to us today through these, your words of life. We pray all this in the name of Jesus, and together we say, amen. Have you ever had a dream that became a nightmare? Have you had a dream that became a nightmare? We could probably tell some stories about a dream that became a nightmare. We, we will do that as we go along the next few months because today we begin our October preaching and worship series entitled Enough Discovering Joy Through Simplicity and Generosity. I think it is a, a healthy and a fitting way for us to kind of navigate the usual church stewardship season with something a little deeper than just why don't you give some more money so we can do some more things we want to be about more than that here at first methodist church so we're tracking with this wonderful study by the same name that some of your groups may decide to use in the next few weeks today's sermon is called when dreams become nightmares and i think you'll recognize why in just a few moments our gospel lesson is from matthew 19 verses 16 through 30 let's listen as a wealthy young man encounters a nightmare of his own. Let's hear the words of God. Then someone came to Jesus and said, Teacher, what good deed must I do to have eternal life? And Jesus said to him, Why do you ask me about what is good? There's only one who is good. If you wish to enter into life, keep the commandments. He said to him, well, which ones? And Jesus said, you shall not murder, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not steal, you shall not bear false witness, honor your father and mother. Also, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. The young man said to him, said to Jesus, I've kept all of these. What do I still lack? What do I still lack? It's interesting that he somehow knew he still lacked something. Jesus said to him, if you wish to be perfect, teleos or complete, if you wish to be complete, go Sell your possessions and give the money to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come and follow me. 
When the young man heard this, he went away grieving, for he had many possessions. Then Jesus said to his disciples, Truly I tell you, it will be hard for a rich person to enter the kingdom of heaven. Again, I tell you, it's easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for someone who is rich to enter the kingdom of God. When the disciples heard this, they were greatly astounded. And they said, Then who can be saved? But Jesus looked at them and said, For mortals it is impossible, but for God all things are possible. Then Peter said in reply, you've got to keep reading this one. It gets really interesting with Peter. It always gets interesting with Peter. Look, Jesus, we have left everything and followed you. What then will we have? That's Peter's question. What then will we have? Jesus said to them, truly I tell you, at the renewal of all things, when the Son of Man is seated on the throne of his glory, you who have followed me will also sit on 12 thrones, judging the 12 tribes of Israel. And everyone who's left houses or brothers or sisters or father or mother or children or fields for my name's sake will receive a hundredfold and will inherit eternal life. But many who are first will be last and the last will be first. This is the word of God for the people of God. And so we say, thanks be to God. Now this young man, this wealthy young man, I do believe he is so sincere in his faith and in his practice of that faith. He just wants to be sure he's got it all together, right? That's what he's asking Jesus. He wants to make sure he's got it all together. Jesus says some really hard things to him. And then he says, if you wish to be complete, perfect or complete, whole, go sell your possessions, give the money to the poor, then come and follow me. Just when this young man feels like completeness or wholeness is within his grasp, Jesus moves the goalpost, doesn't he? It grieves the young man. He has so many possessions. He can't imagine life without them. But then Jesus says something even harder for him to hear and for us to hear too. It's easier for a camel to get through the eye of a needle than for a rich person to enter the kingdom of God. Just to be very clear and very blunt, when we look across the span of world history and across the whole world today, pretty much all of us qualify as rich, if not very rich compared to the rest of the world. And then nearly all the world thinks about wealth as a sign of God's blessing, even though that's not exactly what the scriptures say. That eye of a needle thing, why that comes from a legend, the needle gate was supposedly a a small gate built within the main gate to the city of Jerusalem. And that needle gate is the one that you had to use if you got there late after they had closed the main gate for the evening. You could get a camel through the needle gate. Camels were your beasts of burden. That's how you got your stuff from place to place. That was the suburban of the first century was a camel or two or three. You had a little train of camels, and you had to get it through the needle gate if you got there late. But what you had to do, you had to unload the camels, unload everything from the camels, get the camel to get down on his knees, and then go through the needle gate like this. That's how you got through. You could do it, but it sure was a job. That's what this story is about. That's the legend that Jesus is referencing. We're not real sure if this is actually a real thing, but the church has been passing around this story since the ninth century, so I think we'll keep it since we've had it this long. 
it does seem very helpful when we talk about when dreams become nightmares. The nightmare for many of us would be unloading our camels, wouldn't it? <laughs> that would be the nightmare. I can remember our move here to Murfreesboro three and a half years ago. You folks sent movers to pack us up and move us down here. Oh, they were so busy. Shannon was cleaning that Cropsville parsonage from top to bottom. I was hauling off stuff and watching those movers pack boxes for hours and hours. I even watched them put a box that had been packed two moves ago into another box, tape it up, and bring it down here to Murphy. I watched that happen thinking, we haven't opened that in about seven years. Why are we moving it again? But we did. Our moving day was also our closing day. Don't ever do that. They'll tell you not to do that. Don't do that. They're right. What happened to us, our closing actually fell through at the last minute. Some paperwork was not in order. We were embarrassed beyond measure. Our realtor is a church member, still a church member. The closing attorney was a church member, still a church member. We bought the previous pastor's house. Oh, my goodness, it couldn't have been any more embarrassing if it had tried. The worst thing, though, we had to put all of our stuff in some sketchy storage units for a week, some very sketchy storage units. Stuff got broken, stuff got lost, bugs got in our stuff, which put my poor wife over the edge. We closed three days later, just three days. It was uh, apparently a clerical error. I'm so sorry, sir. That's what we got from the place. Uh, I'm so sorry. We had to pay some other movers to go get our stuff out of storage and bring it to our house. I think Shannon and I would have been just fine if they had hauled it all to the landfill and just dumped it out there. The whole ordeal put us right in the middle of verse 22. We went away grieving, for we had many possessions. <laughs> That's where we were. It's all fine, really fine now, but it just takes us a minute to look around our lovely home and see the scratches, the broken furniture, the, the cut place in the leather on my recliner right where my hand goes, <laughs> the broken special things, the boxes that we still can't find three years later. I can get worked up about it. We worked really hard to have the life that we have, the things, the stuff that we enjoy, the niceties that bring us a certain measure of personal happiness. It was, frankly, a personal nightmare. That whole thing was. And then I feel like such a fraud. My great-grandparents, my great-grandparents raised three wonderful children in a 900-square-foot house with no plumbing. <laughs> Those children left home at 17 or 18 years old with a small suitcase containing all their worldly possessions, and they did just fine. Today, if I had to empty Annabelle's closet, I'd have to have a U-Haul truck to do it, and she's five years old. A whole U-Haul truck, not just a little truck, a big one. We have four people living in a five-bedroom house, and two of us are in the same room. Our house is so full of stuff that we're having to get rid of things now. That's what we're doing. And what do I do when I sit in my cut-up leather recliner, watching Netflix in the evening, well, I scroll through my phone, <laughs> browsing the web, looking for new things that I might buy to improve my happiness. <laughs> or I strategize on ways to add another income stream to the Shelley household. Anybody else know about doing that? Let's add that. They say you need multiple income streams. Let's have another one. Do we need more money? No, we do not need more money. But hey, if some is good, more is better. That's what I always say. Shannon says she's going to put that on my tombstone. He always said, if some is good, more is better. <laughs> Why do I do this? 
I don't know. I really don't know. If I take a minute or two to reflect, I am truly so very happy. I have a wonderful family. I've got the best job in the world. I get to work with you folks. We live in Murfreesboro, Tennessee. We have fantastic neighbors, the best you could ever imagine. I am happy, joyful, and content. Still, I am swiping through my phone, looking for more possessions, more income, more, 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 more. This is when the dream becomes the nightmare. There is a broken place in our American dream, and we have to be very careful with it. Somewhere baked into this thing is this little whisper, never enough, never enough, never enough. There's nothing wrong with wanting to provide a full, rich life for our children, with wanting to do better and more than we had growing up and all of those things, but how do you know when enough has arrived? How do you know when you're there? How do you know when you cross that line between, between a healthy abundance for our babies and creating little monsters who are only hungry for more? How do you know where that line is? Our culture feeds this thing. The, the business is driving the marketing to which we are subjected all day, every day. They feed off of us and our children. It is a negative reinforcing loop that spirals quickly out of control. And the richer we get, the more access we have, the worse that it is. Thus, Jesus' words, I think, it is hard for a rich person to enter the kingdom of heaven. The disciples are astounded by Jesus' words. Verse 25, who then can be saved? Jesus says, verse 26, for mortals it is impossible, impossible. But with God, all things are possible. We're thankful for that good word of hope. And I wish that we had stopped right there, but we can't because Peter presses on in verse 27, Lord, we've left everything to follow you. What then will we get? What are we going to have? That's Peter's question. Jesus speaks very tenderly to Peter, to Peter's worldly question. Jesus says, at the renewal of all things, when the kingdom comes in its fullness, you will have important work to do. And everyone who has left people and stuff behind and followed me, why, he or she will have a hundredfold and will inherit eternal life. You can almost feel the surge of hope in Peter's pocketbook. Oh, thank goodness, Jesus, I won't be in last place forever. That's what Peter's thinking, except for what Jesus says next. He goes on to say, in the kingdom, many who are first will be last, and the last will be first. You see, at the renewal of all things, when God puts everything right once and for all, that which we thought was so important, that with, with which we cluttered our relationships and precious lives and relationships, that which seemed so valuable, it will be last of all. We will be unburdened whether we want to be or not, and our nightmare will be over. Why not, Jesus suggests, go ahead and with his help, unburden ourselves of that distraction now. Why not unload our camels, get on our knees, and enter the kingdom now? This nightmare doesn't have to last for the rest of our lives. It's terrifying, really, at 41 years old to think that the stuff I've worked so hard to possess could actually be draining the life out of me. 
while the stuff which means the most is already free to those who are willing to pay the price of a very different way of life. With human beings, it is impossible, but with God, Jesus says, we find the way, the way to joy through simplicity and generosity. I don't know about you, but I'm going to have to hear more about this in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. May the people of God say, Amen. 